Welcome to the Gratitude Cafe, positive radio to feed your soul. Your dynamic host and founder, Sue Lundquist, will bring you her own intuitive talents and gifts for co-creating, healing, and teaching. Her show, The Gratitude Cafe, Positive Radio to Feed Your Soul, is focused on bringing you to a higher place each week where you can leave the hustle of life at the door. So pull up a chair and join us for The Gratitude Cafe, Positive Radio to Feed Your Soul. Always right there when you need her. Good morning to you, to <laughs> That's a lot of twos. A lot of twos today. The energy. Oh, good morning, everybody. It's Sue with the Gratitude Cafe. We have a guest coming on. Dawn's going to join us in just a minute. And actually, we're going to be talking about stress, reducing stress, what that looks like, understanding stress. Benny, did you know that there are, and this is based on the American Institute of Stress, 33% report extreme stress. 77% lead to personal, like physical, mental health, and then 73% report mental health, mental issues. Can you imagine what that does to the bottom line? I mean, it's a multi-million dollar industry of health and wellness, right? Oh, most definitely. And right now, especially everyone going through the last couple of years of uh, extreme change and adjustments, I mean, that just mm-hmm. piles on top of it as well. So, and yeah. Yeah. So sense. perfect timing. And thanks for tuning in guys. Mm-hmm. Cause it is, it's new perspective, new thoughts, new ideas. It's a new you. And uh, we had some snow. Yeah, we got sprinkled here in the uh, Puget Sound area as well. You're a little further south than we are. Uh, it wasn't too crazy. It was just so cold, and it's going to be a little cold tonight, too. So uh, batting down the hatches a little bit longer. It's been a, yes. a, um, a calm f- February, so to speak, like a, you know, just medium, cool. Yeah. However, we have to talk about today's date. Come on, yes. Benny. I, no, I it popped in my head the first thing I said when I saw you this morning. We did. So, and then of course I had to go research it. So I wanted to talk about what the meaning of 222 of 22 means today. And I am a big 22 person and a numbers person. And I quite honestly, I just find it fascinating and interesting. If it doesn't work with you, you know what I always say on the radio guys, what it doesn't align, just let it go. (laughs) So, and what I found to be really interesting because of everything that's going on in our world today um, February today, the number two symbolizes balance, duality, and harmony in numerology, which is super cool. So its energy is all about cooperation and being in partnership. I love that, especially with what's going on in the world today. The energy feels really unifying because it's about finding common ground in our differences and finding power in and between opposing forces. I love that. And we're going to find power between our stresses and opposing forces today. Let's do it. We're going to do it. We are going to reduce some stress. We're going to understand the stress. We're going to give you solutions and tips and tools with our guests today. And uh, Don Joseph Goey is joining us on the Gratitude Cafe. Uh, the host, me, Sue Lundquist. We are live in the Pacific Northwest on Terrestrial Radio on AM 1150. And we are also live streaming on YouTube. So if you guys would like to see us live on YouTube, please go to YouTube and type in uh, 1150 AM. Or is it AM 1150? Either one, you're going to Yeah, either us. one works. Sure. Yeah, either one works. 
Uh, and of course, if you want a copy of the show and you want to see show notes and any links, please go to www.claritywithsue.com. Again, that's claritywithsue.com. All right, we are going to get started um, in just a minute. <laughs> I'm going to read Dawn's introduction and uh, we're going to get talking about stress. So as seen on the Dr. Oz show, Thrive Global, NBC, ABC, Disney, and so much more, Don Joseph Goey has committed his life to helping people understand and reduce stress, navigate challenges, and live happier, more fulfilled lives. Outside of his own coaching practice and writing, Don serves as an executive director of DeMello Spiritual Center. In his role as an executive director of the nonprofit organization, Don's primary responsibility is to spread the teachings of Anthony DeMello across the world. He is also the editor of Stop Fixing Yourself, Wake Up, All Is Well. Good morning. Good morning. You hear me okay? Uh, we do. We hear you great. Thank you for joining us. A little bit of a hiccup this morning, right? Yeah, my it? hiccup. <laughs> <laughs> It's all good. Well, it's welcome. all good. No stress, right? Not, no, come on, not at all. So, yes, I can do the formal introduction and all of that. And, but let's get to know you, Don. All right. Well, um, I, uh, I work in a field. Uh, it's come to be called uh, psychospirituality. It's a combination of, of neuroscience and psychology and, and a practical spirituality you know we're at that in that era where science and spirituality have joined hands uh, they're on the same page for the first time in a very long time and the way in which i i came into this field was really the hard way years ago i experienced what i've come to call a perfect storm of stress I, I had a job, executive level job at Stanford University Medical School, and I lost it. Um, it was a job I devoted a decade climbing the career ladder to reach. And nine days after losing my job, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor that the doctors, you know, they warned me that it, it was serious. It could leave me disabled, potentially unable to work again, uh, which was a catastrophe because I was married with four children. And even my marriage was in trouble. You know, my life was was uh, was teetering on the edge, and and there there I was. Suddenly, you know, it was coming apart at the seams, and it seemed there was nothing I could do about the impending catastrophe. And uh, I had to wait six weeks for the surgery, and the first two weeks were really uh, emotional turmoil. You know, every night I would wake up about three in the morning. I'd stare out the window into the cold, dark night, terrified about what might happen to my family. You know, we could end up homeless. It was possible. Um, I was making good money, but I was, you know, spending it all. Then one <laughs> night I, I reached this point where I seriously questioned really what was worse, the, the dire problems the doctors were predicting that might happen to me out there in the future or the abject fear that was happening in me right then and there and had been happening to me every day, all day long for the last two weeks. Um, and the answer was clear. The, the, the fear was actually worse. Um, the future was just something I was ruminating over, imagining. 
even if it might might have been verified by the doctors to some extent, you know, the bone chilling fear that I was experiencing, the stress of it, it was consuming me. It was depleting the strength that I knew that, you know, I was going to need to get through whatever I had to get through in terms of my health condition. And so I made up my mind right then and there. I was going to practice something I had learned from one of America's great psychologists. I had the opportunity to work with Carl Rogers. And it was a very simple process of uh, letting go of fear um, that I taught a lot of people that I never actually used on myself. And it involved <laughs> basically awareness, bringing into awareness all the negative thinking turning into the painful emotions that was painting a picture uh, of gloom and doom that was painting me and my, my attitude right into a corner and to just let it all uh, be as it was, just to be present with it, be aware of it, um, not trying to interrupt it, not trying to change it, not trying to turn it into something else, not interfering at all. And um, what the first thing that happened to me is I, I, what came up was I was just overwhelmed with fear. And it was like riding a wave. You know, if anyone ever seen a surfer, they jump on a big wave. And once you're on that wave, uh, there's no getting off. You know, it, you're, you're, you're in it. You're in the stay. thick of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you're hoping you, it, it, it deposits you at shore. And it did. I rode that wave. And gradually it began to calm down. And gradually it dissipated. And it occurred to me, first time in my life, uh, why they say fear is illusion. It, it, you know, it's this huge construct that becomes this overwhelming experience that when you write it disappears because it has no, no substance, no basis. And so the fears came back, you know, about 10 minutes later, went through the same process. I did that for about an hour. And eventually the shore I landed on was, I was a, peace you know that that relief that i felt from being out of fear and the calm that followed it eventually turned into this more expanded experience of peace and i knew that that it happened because when i looked out that window into that cold dark night uh of oblivion that i thought was going to devour my family i saw a completely different picture and what i saw was uh, the the moonlight shimmering on this beautiful oak tree that fronted our property and and uh, you know was glistening on on the leaves and made everything feel sacred and uh, and it you know and it, 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 it evoked in me a feeling of optimism and so I made the decision that I was going to work at letting go of fear in this way letting go of stress in this way uh, by bringing it into awareness uh, owning it understanding this is happening in me, not in reality. It's an illusion, a mind-made illusion that I'm suffering under. And then to allow it to pass. You know, one thing about being a human being, being on earth, is you discover everything passes. You know, what was tormenting you last week, oftentimes you can't even remember. Um, and it, and it, so I did that. I did that every, for the next two weeks before I had to go to surgery, I did that. And I found that I could do it. I've certainly had fear that came up, but I didn't indulge any of it. And by the time I showed up for surgery, I, I was really in, I was almost in a state of bliss. 
and uh, even I was surprised by it. And uh, the surgery was a complete success. It spared me a life, the shift that I made, you know, it really spared me a life of, of disability. And um, I even got my job back at, at Stanford. Wow. Uh, I had to go back to get, you know, my, my severance pay, I had to go back and finish some things up. And people were observing this guy that had this catastrophe happen to him who was, who was handling it in a very peaceful, positive way. And the chairman of the Department of Psychiatry called me, wanted me to come in an interview. And he hired me. He said, I want I, our department needs someone with that kind of attitude here. <laughs> so I got my job back. I got my life back. I got my health back. And, you know, if I had asked neuroscientists back then, this was back in the late 80s. If I would ask the neuroscientists at Stanford, do you think this shift in attitude, do you think this attitude of peace and, and love, basically, uh, created a, a, a connection inside that changed the outcome surgically? They would have said, you know, that's just hippie nonsense. Yeah. But today, they, will, they would validate it. We, the, you know, the mind-body connection is well-established. It's not even theoretical anymore. You know, your uh, our brain, our body follows follows uh, the leadership that we establish through our attitude, through our perspective. And the wider our perspective, the better things go for us on every level, body, mind, and soul. And so that's how I came into this field. Um, I stayed at Stanford another three or four years and ended up um, as executive director of the Center for Attitudinal Healing which worked with some of the most stressful situations anyone ever experiences, people uh, facing life-threatening illnesses, parents who had lost children, prisoners serving life sentences in prisons. Clinton administration even sent the center to um, Croatia and Bosnia to work with the refugees who were wow. experiencing extreme post-traumatic stress from that genocidal war. And um, in 2005, the center was awarded the Excellence in Medicine Award from the AMA for its approach to overcoming catastrophic life events using practical spiritual principles mixed with a psychological approach, a very simple approach. And it basically defined uh, our, the essence of our being is love, health is inner peace, healing is letting go of fear. Uh, we can always let go you know, we could always see ourselves and other people as either fearful and giving a call for love or answering that call for love. That was the basic tenets. And from there, I went out into the corporate world, um, bringing this approach to to very stressful workplace to help people uh, transcend the stress that they were in and ended up here at the, the Mellow uh, Spirituality Center. So that's that's me. Kaboom, boom, boom. Wow. And from walking your own talk too, right? I think that that's really important. Uh, I'm a, it, it totally is. You know, it, I, I use the analogy of I'm not really going to take birthing advice from somebody who hasn't physically given birth. I'll, I'll love and appreciate their kindness and willingness to help. But, you know, there's just so much more empathy and compassion and understanding when you've gone through said situations or something like that. So at the top of the hour, we were talking, there's like 33% reported like extreme stress. There's 77% lead to personal or physical health issues. 73, it's mental health. You were just talking about 
um, post-traumatic stress. I am a big proponent with the Gratitude Cafe and my life's journey with all of my fears and traumas. My, my hurdle and my, um, my healing has all been internal as well, post-traumatic stress and fears and overcoming myself. Something that was really important to me was real life practical tools, but also understanding that it is possible to change a habituation. There's neurological pathways that you are changing as you evolve. And I'd like to have that conversation, but I'd also like to have a conversation around the chemicals that are being released, you know, that fight or flight chemicals, because our body becomes addicted to those. And then we get in this conflict with ourselves saying, well, what do you mean my, my nervous system or my body's addicted to those fight or flight response chemicals? Can we have that conversation? Sure. Okay. Well, what, what happens to a human being is they get wired for an experience of life. Uh, they get wired for that experience of life um, through belief systems that they're taught that they're, that's programmed into them in childhood, um, you know, through their parents, they learn it through their religion, they learn it through their schools. And then, you know, as they step out as an adult into the world, they have their, they have their experiences and the, those experiences that are traumatic, those, uh, the programming they receive from society, which is uh, fundamentally fear-based, wires their brain for fight, flight, or freeze reactions. They're more habituated to those reactions. Um, and so they become kind of knee-jerk for people. Um, and so what happens is, is that as they get uh, what, what's called fear conditioned, fear conditioned is a process in which um, you, you react fearfully, stressfully, you react to fight, flight, or freeze to a situation um, that some part of your brain, the, the part of your brain called the amygdala, has uh, perceived as a threat. And when and fear, you you every time you, that happens, where you perceive an outside threat and have that stress reaction, you get fear conditioned. And um, you know, fun. You, the the problem is, is that most of the time there is no threat. It's mind made. Uh, it's 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 buried in your emotional memory. Your emotional memory for every traumatic experience you've had, or everything that is you've been taught to to feel unsafe in the, in the world, it gets uh, it gets deposited in in emotional memory. And then when anything comes up that approximates that situation, um, it triggers a stress reaction. That's what's supposed to traumatic stresses. Uh, you know, when um, I was working with Vietnam vet veterans, just the sound of helicopters flying over would trigger uh, a post-traumatic stress reaction in them. Well, their brain is considering that sound of the helicopter to be, to put, is that we're back in Vietnam, we're, our lives are threatened right now. Mm -hmm. And when in fact, that's not, not true at all. So we get habituated to that. And what happens is, is that uh, stress reaction releases stress hormones and, you know, adrenaline, everybody knows adrenaline where you get pumped up. Cortisol does a number of different things in terms of triggering a fight or flight reaction and fight or flight reactions are good when you're in a real present danger. It's only good for about five minutes. It's just a big, <laughs> big burst of energy where you can lift a car. Your mothers lift a car off, off of their son or something like that. 
Um, but what happens is, is that when you have chronic stress and you're having this fear conditioning where you're reacting to the world, um, seeing things as a threat to your existence, it could be as simple as you walk by the boss and say good morning and the boss doesn't say anything and you go into a stress reaction. You begin to make up, uh, you begin to paint a picture of the, you know, the boss is angry about you and you begin to get fearful and upset. And so what happens, your body releases these stress hormones. And what these stress hormones do to your brain is that they expand the limbic system. They expand the, the what's called the, the emotional brain, which is, which is commanded by the fear center called the amygdala, so that you're, you're, you're prone to these knee-jerk stress reactions. And those neurocircuits actually feed off of those stress hormones and grow. Well, those stress hormones also shrink the prefrontal cortex, the mid-prefrontal cortex, which is the seat of, of uh, your intelligence, of your logic, of your of positive emotion. That part of your brain connects with the right hemisphere of the brain to create creative insights. All these really wonderful positive things that makes a human being great, um, it actually shrinks those. And so you're, you're less logical. You're, you're less able to see things as they are. You're losing your positive emotional states, your optimism. And what, what's, what's in charge of your experience now, more and more, greater and greater, is this fear center of your brain. And so the, uh, when that happens to a person, they get wired for that. They get wired for stress. They get wired for a life of fear. And it used to be thought that once that happens, uh, you're kind of screwed. You know, it's, there's not much you can do. They didn't think the brain was changeable. Uh, well, in the last 25, 30 years, all of that's changed. And we know that the brain uh, is very changeable. Um, and it's called neuroplasticity. So when you generate for yourself a change in your experience, that change in experience will, will begin to change your brain, will rewire your brain. So it won't be that uh, the old pattern of reacting to a situation as if it's a threat won't come up. But what will but what will happen as it does come up is you will be able to shift out of it, shift into choice and make a different choice and move on. And the more you do it, the faster and faster you're able to make that choice. I think and the, and the new neural pathways are being formed, creating a new confidence, a new trust, new decisions. Right. It's this beautiful and, snowball effect. Go ahead, I'm sorry. That's okay. And so, so exactly right. As your experience changes, uh, you're, you're no longer, your brain's changing. You're no longer in a, in a state of fear conditioning. Um, you, and so as that reverses, what they begin to see is a reverse happens that those, that emotional center, the fear center begins to shrink, the higher order brain function begins to expand. And so um, a change of experience change your brain. And so the question, of course, comes up, what changes your experience? And the answer is that is, is your attitude. As you lean into a more positive attitude, your experience changes. You know, uh, it's, it's as simple as if you're confronting a situation that you initially react to, a problem comes up, and your initial reaction to that problem is, oh, no, you know, this is terrible. I'm not going to be able to do it. You know, the boss adds two more things to your to-do list. This is overwhelming. 
And, you know, you began to go down that spiral into fight, fight, or, or, or freeze. Yeah. And then something comes along that changes your perspective. You know, you you uh, find a piece of information or you, you attain a resource. And suddenly now you're looking at that situation as, you know, I can do this. So now it's not a problem anymore. It's a challenge. Your experience has changed. And as that happens, as that experience changes, your brain changes. So that's what neuroplasticity is. And, and that's the, the really hopeful thing about neuroscience. And one of the things that neuroscience is now acknowledging is that the, the, the practice that changes your experience the most is a spiritual practice. And it doesn't mean that you have to be religious. It doesn't even mean you have to believe in God but you practice spiritual principles. For example, you, you know, you, you give a high value to your peace of mind. You give a high value to your sense of connection to other people. Uh, you become uh, more and more non-judgmental in the way you relate to other people. You're kinder, you're more loving, you lean into love. You allow yourself to be more affectionate. You allow yourself to quiet down and become silent. You know, the old uh, saying of when you pray to God, pray for God, pray for that silence and quiet. Those spiritual practices uh, change your entire perspective of life, your entire attitude in which you embrace life. And you move forward from there and your brain moves forward with you. And your whole, everything calms down, the nervous system, everything. I, I use the analogy when that fear, that that. The, the bags of fear, the past fears are coming up. It's just the nervous system going, no, 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 I'm going to keep you here. We know this, this, we know this fear. We know how to react to this. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we come back. We're going to still talk uh, with Dawn and talk about the spiritual practice, the high value as a human, uh, that peace of mind relating to people, choosing love and affection, choose love and trust, just like I have right here. It's a big, big healing process. We are talking about stress today with Don Joseph Goey. We'll be right back. Sue Lundquist with the Gratitude Cafe. When you try your best, but you don't succeed. When you get what you want, but not what you need. Hey, Sue Lundquist here with the Gratitude Cafe. All right, folks, seriously, I've got the doorway. I'm working with amazing, high-functioning clients that are doing the work and busting through old habits to now transform their lives. This means breaking their old programming, their old stories, to feeling a purpose and such a relief that now that they have the answers. Does that sound good to you? Yes, I knew it. Give me a call, 206-300-2227. Hi, I'm Dr. Shelley Place with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Kids are full of energy, but keeping them active in their teen years can be a challenge. Aim for an hour of physical activity every day. If they like sports, that's a great place to start. Keep the focus on fun, not winning, and encourage your child to do a variety of activities. If your child isn't meeting that 60-minute goal, gradually increase their activity in ways they enjoy. For more, talk with your pediatrician or visit HealthyChildren.org. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Dispenza. I wanted to take a moment and let you know about a nonprofit organization called Give to Give. 
The Give to Give Foundation was created by a group of people who have studied my work or have participated in my workshops around the world. And by applying the principles of mind over matter and the mind-body connection, they've created outstanding changes in their lives or in their health, and they wanted to give back. The organization is dedicated to providing the proper resources to those people in need to gain the opportunity to learn exactly how to change their body or their lives. If you want to learn more about the Give to Give Foundation, or you know someone that needs help, or you simply want to make a donation, visit givetogive.com. Those who give don't always know how to love. Those who love always know how to give. Thank you. Alternative Talk 1150. It's good for what ails you. This statement has not been evaluated by the FDA. just noodled a bit on YouTube if you'd like to uh, see that and you'll see the whole show and the live recording uh, you can just go to claritywithsue.com sign up for the newsletter it'll be delivered I don't spam or do any of that I give you the the newsletter and we pull a card we talk about uh, new perspective new thoughts new ideas it's a new you you take what resonates and leave the rest Today's guest, we're talking to Don Joseph Goey, and we have been talking about uh, stress, what's that look like, and we're labeling this conversation stress meaning fear, because we were talking, Don, you were talking at the top of the hour about leaning into fear, and the audience knows this about me and, and my teaching and my curriculum, and it's the three phases of transformation, and the first one has to be awareness. It's awareness clarity, which also equals your education. And then T is the transformation where you start integrating all that new education. And it's an acronym. It's called ACT Now in Your Life. But again, like you, and why I'm saying this is because I totally and completely agree, awareness has got to be a number one. Awareness that that fear is coming up. Looking at it, like you were saying uh, in the break on YouTube, if you are standing in front of your boss, you can, and you are, you have the capability to recognize, have the awareness that that fear is coming up, and then to go into your heart, choose that. And not only does it change neural pathways, it changes how you respond, it changes the energies, the frequencies, everything starts to evolve and change from that. You want to start going into that conversation a bit, Don? Sure. Okay. Uh, we can we can lean into lean into it. And we can lean into Anthony DeMello. Um, yes. You know, he, he's noted for integrating Eastern and Western spirituality. And he was a big influence on people like Eckhart Tolle, Ajisante, Thomas More. And he died in 1987, but his books still are selling like hotcakes. Um, he experienced an awakening and he said it revolutionized his wife and his life. And he was able to communicate this awakening in a way that we can see the possibility for ourselves. And, you know, the one of the things to wake up to is that uh, a, lot of, a lot of us are unhappy. You know, it's, it's hard to find a completely happy person. If, if you look at the stats, it's only about 4% of the population who say they're completely happy, that uh, nothing really rocks that boat. 
you know, life has lots of ups and downs, but there's this constant uh, feeling of happiness. Well, that's only 4% of the people in the world. And we're born, the irony is we're born happy. You know, we're born free, but we've become trapped in our own limited thinking. We're born with an open heart that stress and fear so easily close. We're born gifted of immeasurable worth, but people often feel they're not good enough. They often have shame responses. And, you know, there's this divinity of love and joy within us and surrounding us um, that would make our lives meaningful and beautiful and fulfilled in all the ways we're intended to be fulfilled, but we, we're often blocked from seeing it. And it's as if, you know, we've been hypnotized to see what's not there and not see what actually is there. And that's what waking up is about. So how did that happen to us? Well, society programmed all of those wonderful qualities right out of us. It stamped into us the belief that happiness and self-worth, they're found out there in the world. And if we work long and hard enough, you know, success will come. And out of that, happiness and fulfillment are going to follow. And, you know, most people have swallowed that formula. And 10 years later, they <laughs> realize that, you know, that midlife crisis, although those midlife crisis are happening earlier with the new, with the younger generation. But, you know, we wake up, we realize that success has come to whatever degree it has, but it's come without fulfillment. Yes. Tony Robbins says success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure in life. Yeah. So waking up is a realization that contrary to what society has taught to us, contrary to the traumatic events that have kind of wired us for fear, uh, absolutely nothing of the world can make us happy. You know, success is important, of course, but success is not the same as fulfillment. And fulfillment doesn't come from the world. You got to get that straight. Um, you don't have to wait to midlife to figure that out. And happiness, you know, to figure out that happiness doesn't come from the world, not that radiant happiness you see in children that's yeah. constant, that makes you smile for no reason. Happiness comes from within. And the truth is, uh, according to DeMello, and you can take my word for it if you like, and I think you can take your word for it, is the truth is that there's not a single moment in our life where we don't have everything we need to be happy. And the only reason we're ever unhappy is because we're focusing on what we don't have rather than on what we have right here, right Gratitude, now. appreciation, elevated emotions, gratitude cafe, welcome to the soup. <laughs> there you go. And you know, you can, you can be, you can receive some bad news and be overwhelmed by it and be going down the pessimistic uh, hole and sh you can shift right out of it just by beginning to count your blessings. It's like you've moved from one world to a whole new world through through appreciation of of what is in your life all the good that's in your life and that that empowers your life that empowers your brain you begin to use your brain in the ways you're intended to and so at the center for uh, at the Demello spirituality center we put a, together a new book called stop fixing yourself that um we Which is counterintuitive. I mean, let, let yes. stop fixing you. But I love it. I love it, right? Yes, it means that uh, it, it's central to Tony DeMello's uh, approach. It helps you rediscover the truth about yourself, starting with you're not broken. No, you're not. You're not, a, you're not some problem to be solved. You're okay. 
If there's a problem, the better part of it is the way you've been programmed to believe that without something or person or result, you can't be happy. And it's a false belief. And it's it, it shuts down your heart. It shuts down your life. Um, you don't acquire or earn happiness or peace or love. You have it already. It's built into your spiritual DNA. So you drop that false belief and you, and you know, the struggle with the world drops. Uh, your, your fear of failing drops. And what happens is peace arises all by itself. And you begin to understand that whatever's happening, all is well because you are. You know, even if things remain a mess, all is well. I use, and you might, you might appreciate this. I've, I've coined this, Don, and it dropped in years ago when I was doing radio. And I use this all the time. And my audience knows this. It has, have the CCs in life, compassionate curiosity. So if you can get curious about the situation, good, bad, or indifferent, because I, I, it's not good. It is. It's good. It's all of it, right? It's a learning experience, a learning situation that you're stepping into. So just get curious and then have compassion for yourself and the other person. And it takes that sting out of it. So you can get back to your heart. You can start breathing more because when you're in that fight or flight, and I know this to be true for myself, and I'm sure you do too. I'm like, okay, the sea season life, sea season life, <gasps> deep breath, deep breath. And I, and I go into this whole, you know, self-regulating about laughing babies or something to shift my, my nervous system inside. Right. Yes. Yeah. You, you can watch YouTube uh, videos of laughing baby. Babies. I do laughing babies and puppies. That is my, okay. So I'm going to go there really quick. And the audience knows this too, because when I was starting on my journey, it was really hard for me to find that pure joy, that essence that you were talking about. And in order for me to find what that really felt like to me, that love, that essence of joy and peace and calm, you use those peace and calm and optimism. That's exactly what I would do. And I would go on YouTube and I would find babies and puppies, you know, those baby giggles and then the puppy breath. And I would just go so right into my heart. Yeah. It's yeah. The research shows that when you do that, uh, there's actually research on that and shows that you, you increase your creativity, you increase your optimism by something like 25%. So the good it, feeling hormones, the dopamines yeah. and the good, the good juicy stuff. That's what we want. So the first thing to acknowledge in waking up is that you've been programmed. You've been programmed to upset yourself. You know, when life doesn't go the way your programming demands it should in terms of how the world should be or who you should be or what you should want, all of that. Um, You've been programmed into it. You've been programmed to be upset and you free yourself from that oppressive fear of failing through awareness. You step back from the distress. So let's jump into what DeMello has to say about, about awareness, the process of awareness. Basically what he's saying is that what you are aware of, you begin to control. And what you are unaware of controls you. So he says, the first thing you've got to get uh, hip to is how you've been programmed so you can deprogram yourself. So again, it's enough for you to simply be watchful and aware. And through that, um, all that is really neurotic within you, all that neurotic programming that you've been subjected to will drop all by itself. 
you know, people used to ask DeMello, like, what do I need to do to change myself? And he said, I got a big surprise for you. Nothing. He said, awareness releases reality to change you. But you, your, your initial step is to, um, to become aware. Awareness allows you to see and feel what's going on inside you that sabotages your happiness, sabotage that pure joy that you were just talking about. You know, the negativity, the upsets, the pessimism, the aggressiveness, the competitiveness, the shame and, and self-worthlessness, the, ju the judging of other people, your own self-condemnation, to bring that all into awareness. You know, there's an old saying by Rumi. He said, your job isn't to seek for love and fulfillment. Your, your job is only to seek for what, you, what, what you've placed in, in the presence of love in the presence mm -hmm. of that, that natural fulfillment that you were born to experience. You know, that's what psychotherapy is all about. As you make an unconscious pattern conscious, it loses its power over you. It begins to dissolve. So the first thing you need to do, get in touch with negative feelings that you're usually not aware of or that you are repressing or suppressing in some way. Some way you're pushing away. Or you're trying or to denial, workaholic, you know, all the aholicisms. Uh, is that a word? <laughs> We're going to make it a word, Don. <laughs> yeah, no, there is a word, workaholics. You know, you're, you're, you're watching how uh, this negativity comes up in you and um, you're just not aware of it. Bring it into awareness. You know, these feelings, nervousness, tension, stress, gloominess, moodiness. You wake up on the wrong side of the bed, shame. Uh, maybe even self-hatred, uh, you know, get in touch with those feelings first, observe the thoughts you're thinking that produce the upset, you're penetrating into your program, um, you know, and then the, watch how these thoughts turn into the feelings, to the upset, leading to this narrow perspective that turns into that attitude that completely disempowers you and blocks you from that, from that true experience, that true nature that you were born with. Step back from it as if you're watching someone else. Get some objectivity from it. I like, to, I like to tell people, step back from what's going on inside of you. At the same time, you're allowing it. You're embracing it. But look at it like you're looking at your best friend. It kind of gets rid of the judgment that you're likely to lay on yourself for, why am I feeling this way? What's wrong with me? You just watch it. And then the second step is to acknowledge that these negative feelings they're in me. They've been programmed into me. They're not in reality. You know, the um, one day I was walking down the hallway coming to my office, and I had this feeling of, of uh, doom, of gloom. It kind of just started uh, fogging up my, my feelings. And um, everything was going wonderfully. My business was going well. My books were selling well. Um, I you know, my family was doing well. There was no rhyme or reason for it. It just came sideways out of the blue and darkened me. And so I, you know, since I was practicing awareness, I stopped right then and there, went to a soft chair, sat down and just let it come up. And the very first thing that I saw was my stepfather, who was a, who was a very brutal man and really programmed um self-contempt into me and, and you know and, and he was also very violent with me 
And one of the things that he programmed into me is what he called the real world, which was the world that was going to destroy me and that I wasn't strong enough to deal with it, you know, and that whatever good happened, he told me I would turn to S-H blank T, you know? The talking mushroom. And so so (laughs) that got programmed into me, into my emotional memory. And so things were going well, and that my emotional memory was telling me, watch out, you know, the world's going to get you eventually. Don't lower your guard, you know, don't open your heart. Uh, and I could finally see it. And so it still continues to come up. But now when it comes up, I look at it. What used to be the, this shutdown now is a way of, it's a let go, turned into yes. a let go. Put the bag down. Put the bag down, right? You can't, you can't put it down until you're aware of it. Until yes. You, until you see it. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't change something. That, that you're unaware of. You got to bring it into a conscious awareness. And so the, what you do is you bring it into awareness and you, and you tell yourself, this is happening in me, not in reality. And, and until you get that, and when you get that, uh, you'll, you'll be taking one step towards freedom. And then the third step, don't identify with those negative feelings. Uh, don't judge yourself for them. And if you do judge yourself for them, notice the thoughts that you think that turn into the feelings that turn into that shutdown inside of you, turn that into awareness. Um, your upsets have nothing to do with your true self, with your true nature, with, with that pure joy that you were born to live from. And uh, DeMello is really specific about it. He says, don't say I am depressed. Your brain takes everything literally. Particularly that part of your brain. So if you want to say my experience is depression right now or depression is there, fine. But don't identify with it. You know, if you want to say here, there's fear there, there's stress there, that's fine. But not that I am afraid, because now what you have been now what you have done is identified yourself as fearful. So you're defining yourself in terms of a feeling, and that's your illusion, that's your mistake. That's why you're shutting down. And in no way does that feeling affect your essential self. Demelo right. talks about, I love this. He talks about, it's like taking a bucket of black paint, which is your, your negativity and that, all that programming that says you're not good enough, throwing it into the air. And what happens to the paint? It goes up and it lands on the ground. It doesn't contaminate the blue sky. And, and the same thing's true of you. These feelings that come and go, they don't contaminate your basic nature. And you're, what you begin to discover is you step back into awareness and let these things be as they are without interfering, without changing anything, without even superimposing positive thinking over the top of it, which is which when you do that is a form of suppression. Nothing wrong with positive thinking, but when you, you do it to get out of the upset that you're generating yeah. for yourself, you're going nowhere. You're going in circles. Right. So, so there is depression there right now. There's worry there right now, but let it be. Leave it alone. It will pass. Stop fixing yourself. Everything passes, especially, uh, you know, these negative emotions. And uh, the fourth step is to remember that everything passes. And what will happen, and like I did in, for me in that story I told you about uh, how I was dealing with the brain tumor is that everything begins to suddenly quiet down, poof, the fear, the upset 
dissipates. It's just an illusion. It's based on false thinking. It disappears. And now you're, you're deposited in this place of quiet. And if you relax into that state of quiet, to that feeling of freedom, you be, suddenly become free from all of this, this upset. Uh, if you relax into it, what you will see um, emerging, rising in and of itself, by itself, is a feeling of peace, of contentment, a feeling of connection to all that is which is love, uh, a feeling, an outlook that's, that's positive. You're seeing the beauty in the world and rest there for a moment. And that's what awareness delivers you to. And that's what DeMello means when he says, uh, awareness releases reality, that's reality. All is well, you know, we're, we're in the kingdom of joy. Uh, unsuspectingly, it's been there the whole time. You know, the, these mystics who talk about their enlightenment, they say that instead of this enormous feeling of elation, their initial feeling was embarrassment as to how did I miss it? It was always there right in front of me, this kingdom <laughs> of joy. I was living over here, you know, in the kingdom of torment. And, <laughs> and it, was, it was a false place. It, it was a place that actually was mine made over here, you know, there's happiness, there's joy, there's peace, there's connection, there's forgiveness, there's compassion, uh, there's kindness, you know, that's naturally flowing. And what and from that place, we look out on on a world of beauty. People, you know, people ask me all the time is how do I find God? It's see, see God in everything. See God in the trees, see God in the wind, see God in, in a smile on a child. You know, you begin to wake up. To that and life will go on as as usual you know you get up in the morning and go to work but you'll be different um and then the next thing that, isn't that isn't that the important you will be different everything is such an inside job all of it if you exactly. truly and this is important and not i use these words specifically if you truly authentically and genuinely want to change because there's an accountability there you've had the awareness right we know that there is a huge accountability and denial. That's the easy way to go, right? Denial. Nope. I'm going to shut that door. I don't want to look at it. That's so much easier than looking it in the face and dealing with it. But it's really the hard way to go, isn't it? Yes. People often say to me that, uh, that I'm coaching. Well, you know, it's hard to be at peace. And I tell them, you need to change your mindset. Yes. It's, it's hard to be stressed. It's hard to be angry. It's hard to be judgmental. But they think that's their norm, right? Because we've been pre-programmed, just like you have been talking about. And awareness, we have to bring that into awareness. And as we do it, and then what we begin to discover is that part of our big, big part, if not all of it, of our suffering is is due to attachment. You know, the the Buddha said the source of all suffering is attachment. And you know, what what is attachment? Attachment is the false belief that without this person or this outcome or this possession, I cannot be happy. That's, that's an attachment. And so we go running around trying to get our soulmate, you know, and trying to control our soulmate to be the picture that we have in our mind that society basically put in our mind through love songs and movies and all the other things that program us. Um, 
and we get attached to that. We get attached to having, to living in a certain neighborhood and we get attached to making a certain amount of money. We have all these attachments and we have very little control over, uh, over how things go, but you know, we, we, we still beat the pavement to get to those attachments. And so uh, DeMello's prescription for happiness is to drop it, drop that false belief that you cannot be happy without these things or these outcomes or these people in your life. Happiness is your natural state. And so I invite people to sit down and write on a piece of paper, put it put at the top of a piece of paper, a heading like, I cannot be happy until or unless, and then fill in the blank. And, you know, when I do this exercise with people, it's quite amazing how, how quickly they jump into it and the list gets really long. And then I say, <laughs> no, I cannot be happy until I'm out of debt. I cannot be happy until my neurosis goes away. I cannot be happy until the epidemic is over. I cannot be happy until I'm making more money. I cannot be happy until my spouse agrees that they're right and I'm they're wrong and I'm right. I cannot be happy until my boss appreciates. You know, it just goes on and on. And then I say, now read that over and behold your suffering. And so, you know, drop it. Let drop let it. Let him go. And, you know, one of the things that DeMello, he's not saying that you you need to renounce the world. You need to renounce your your goals and your aspirations and your dreams. Um, DeMello is not about renouncing the material world. No, not at all. He says one uses the material world. One enjoys the material world. But one does not make their happiness and fulfillment depend on the material world. Because if you do, you're going to go up and down, you know, in that Sinatra song. You're going to be riding high in April and shot down in May. Yeah. Whereas if you let go and let go of all of these attachments, you'll, you'll move through life on an even keel. And the irony, irony is, you know, when you're detached from the material world, you're not making your happiness or fulfillment or joy dependent on it. When you're detached in that way, as you pursue your success, as you pursue your goals and dreams, you actually enjoy the process more than when you believe your self-worth and your peace and your happiness depend on the outcome. We got to go, Dawn. Oh, you are in such a great stream there. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, guys, we got to go. We're running short on time. Dawn, thank you so much for this beautiful conversation. You guys, we'll see you next week. If you want more information, go to www.claritywithsue.com. Get the newsletter. Until next week, each of you are a gift. Get out there and share yourself with the world. If you like the show, help more people find us by adding your review of the show on iTunes. The more reviews we get, the more people we can reach with this inspiring message on the Gratitude Cafe. Simply search for Gratitude Cafe in iTunes, hit subscribe, and add your honest review. It would help us immensely and we'll be forever grateful. It's one of the best ways you can give back to the show with your review. Thanks for tuning in to the Gratitude Cafe. Don't forget, every week is a new show, and you could submit your questions at sulonquist.com forward slash gratitude cafe. The show goes live at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time in Seattle on Seattle's Alternative Talk AM 1150. You can also call in to the show at 425-373-5527 or 888-298-5569. Find the live streaming link at sulonquist.com forward slash gratitude cafe. We'll see you next week.